Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to the Nope Too Creepy podcast. Father's Day was this last Sunday, and though it may have passed, I still think it's the perfect time to dive into the darker side of fatherhood. This month's mega episode will feature three stories of fathers and their, let's call it strained, relationships with their children. This first story follows Connor, who is awoken suddenly in the night by his father for reasons unknown, and I'm betting he wish it stayed that way. Written by Reddit user SmileyAttack, here is, My Father Did Something. Connor. Connor, wake up. My father stood at the edge of my bed. His dark silhouette was presented in front of me. What, Dad? What time is it? Connor, we gotta go. I got you a bag. Get some clothes on. Get the hell up. His voice was rough and very direct. I didn't bother to ask any more questions, so I arose and walked over to my dresser. Tossing on a long sleeve shirt and some jeans, I proceeded to grab my phone and walk out of my room to see my dad standing there. What's going on, Dad? Where's Mom? Shut up. Let's go. I looked down the hall and saw my parents' bedroom door shut. He noticed and grabbed a hold of my hand. He walked down the hallway, dragging me with him. I was no match to fight back against his strength, so I knew better than to struggle. We walked down the stairs and into the kitchen, where he grabbed his keys and tossed me a gym bag full of my clothes. Grab your coat. Let's go. Where are we going? Don't ask questions, Connor. Just do it. I grabbed my coat and we walked outside. The ground was covered in a sheet of white from the snowstorm the night before. Connor! Let's go! He grabbed the collar of my coat and dragged me to the car, opening the passenger door and practically shoving me inside. I was baffled and thoughts ran through my head on what could be happening. I watched as he practically sprinted to the other side of the car and got in. He started his car and the dash lit up. That's when I looked at the center console and saw the time. 6.27 a.m. What the hell is he doing at 6.30 in the morning? He tossed the car into drive and gassed it out of the driveway. What the hell is going on, Dad? My tone was loud and direct, hoping it would get me an answer. Connor! Shut the hell up and let me think, alright? His yell echoed through the car like a voice in a cave. It shut me up and I just watched the road. Why were we leaving the house? Why were we leaving mom? We drove for hours in silence. Something was different about him. I just couldn't figure out what. 
and clearly I wasn't getting an answer anytime soon. We drove up until about 2pm, and that's when we stopped. We were in Missouri. We pulled into a little dirty motel in the middle of nowhere. I grabbed my bag and got out of the car. My father jumped out and fast walked to the office. We walked in and walked out with a room key. He paid in cash and we went to our room. Dad, please, what's going on? Connor, listen, whatever the hell you hear, it's not what you think. Do you have your phone? No, I don't. He must have not seen me grab it, and I thought maybe it would be better if I lied. I'm glad I did. Okay, okay. He opened the door to reveal a musty smelling hotel room with two beds. This place looked as if it hadn't been cleaned since it was opened. We walked in and I put my bag on a little desk. It was caked in dust, but it was better than the floor. We were both visibly exhausted, and my father locked the door, closed the curtains, and laid down almost immediately. That's when I noticed, though. He didn't even have a bag. It struck me as weird, but what wasn't weird about this entire thing? I was frustrated about everything. I wasn't a kid anymore. I needed to be told what the hell is happening. I walked into the bathroom and took out my phone. That's when I saw all of the notifications. Over 20 text messages from friends and family. Texts like, where are you? And, call me now, were on my phone. I had it on do not disturb, so that's why my phone never went off. Then I saw what my friend Jason sent me. It was a link to a news article. And that's when everything changed. The title of the article read, Local woman found dead in home. Alright, if you think that one was dark, strap in. This next one is definitely in the top 10 of the most disturbing stories I've had the honor of producing for Nope Too Creepy. And I've produced a lot. You've been warned. Written by Reddit user H.M. Blanc, I present to you, how long can you hold your breath? There's a river I bathe in whenever I'm coming back from visiting my grandparents in Arima, a small town in Trinidad and Tobago. I stop off for maybe half an hour, have a dip, and then dry off in the sun while smoking a cigarette. I like the water, and it's closer than the beach. I know a spot that's pretty remote, so usually I have it all to myself. But one day, I saw a boy sitting there on the bank. He looked like he was about five or six years old, 
so I asked him where his family was, and he said they lived nearby. Fair enough, it really wasn't any of my business, so I just did my own thing and hopped into the river. I usually get into a deep spot and close my eyes to feel the steam run over me, so that's what I did. But suddenly, I felt a hand grab onto my waist, and I saw the kid treading water next to me. I told him that he shouldn't be out in the deep parts of the river, where he couldn't stand, so I took him back near the bank and we sat down together in the shallow water. Then he asked me, How long can you hold your breath? I can hold mine real long. I told him that I don't know how long I can hold my breath. He said, My dad and I try to see who can hold our breath the longest sometimes. Even if I breathe in water, sometimes I stay under. I told him that sounded really dangerous and that he should come up whenever he needed to breathe, and the kid just laughed at me like I was stupid. Then he said, Do you want to see who can hold their breath the longest? I won't lose. I told him only if he promised to come up when he needed to breathe, and he said okay. I reckon I was only underwater for about 30 seconds before I came up for air. Maybe I'd been smoking too much and my lung capacity was shot. When I looked down into the water, I saw the boy curled up tight in the fetal position, pulling his head into his chest, totally motionless. It kind of scared me to be honest, so I tapped him on the shoulder, but he didn't move. So I shook him a little bit and he jerked away and thrusted himself deeper against the riverbed. And that's when I felt like I'd gotten myself into deep trouble somehow. So I just reached under and tried to lift the kid out. He struggled and squirmed at first, fighting me off. But eventually, I got hold of him and lifted him up above the surface. He was a lot heavier than he looked. I asked him why he didn't come up after he saw he had won. And he said, I close my eyes when I'm underwater, so I didn't see you come up. Closing your eyes really tight is how you can stay underwater forever. I told him that no one can stay underwater forever, that they drown. And he seemed kind of surprised, like he'd never heard that word before. Maybe he hadn't. I got a really cold shiver down my spine then for some reason, so I asked the kid again if he was alright, if he hadn't swallowed any water like he'd promised, and he said, I'm fine, I didn't swallow any water, I play this game with my dad all the time, it's his favorite game too. I asked the kid as calm as I could whether his dad did anything strange during the game like hold him under the water with his hands and the kid looked confused and shook his head he said no i don't think he does that response didn't sit so great with me and i got that shiver down my spine again only worse 
so I asked the kid where exactly he lived and whether it would be alright for me to meet his dad. At first, it seemed like the kid didn't want to leave the river, like he wasn't allowed to leave the river, but eventually he said okay and he pointed out into the woods. So we got to walking and he led me to a shed. It was a really run-down place, basically looked abandoned, but I'd known folks who lived in worse conditions. It didn't seem like there was anyone home though, so I asked the kid if his dad had stepped out, and he said, No, he's right here. Inside the shed, there wasn't much to speak of, except for a large wooden trough filled up with rancid gray water. I didn't like the look of it, so I asked the kid where he and his dad played their favorite game. Was it down by the river, like we had? The kid laughed and replied, No, we play it right here. He then scampered toward the trough and dipped one foot in, and it looked like he was about to curl up and throw himself under but there was no way I was going to let him do that. So I ran over and scooped him up again, and as I reached into the gray water, I felt my hand brush against something rubbery, and when the water splashed up, I saw hair swirl and a hollow eye socket in a man's head below the surface. He was hunched over, on his side like he was clutching something to his chest and his skin and flesh were really badly gone. It looked like he had been under that water forever. So was I right or what? I told you, dark. Let's cleanse our palate a little, shall we? This next one features a father who is present, attentive, and loving with his children. Woohoo! Oh, but uh, he might be in imminent danger. Details, details. The third and final story, written by author extraordinaire Blair Daniels, is titled, Daddy, There is a Man Behind You. Right now, I'm sitting in a hotel in New York City, and let me be straight with you guys, I hate it here. There's a siren every five minutes, a dog barking next door, and some guy on the sidewalk ranting about bed bugs. That's why I decided to Skype with my family tonight. After mistyping the Wi-Fi password a hundred times and making the bed again after checking for bed bugs, yeah, that guy got to me. I finally gave them a call. Immediately, I felt better. I heard all the sounds of home. Our terrier barking, Sammy squealing with delight, and baby Theo babbling up a storm. Their noise drowned out the cold, crazy sounds of the city, and I smiled. Here, let me put Sammy on, my wife, Guinea, said. He misses you so much. 
She walked out of frame, and Sammy's head poked up over the table. Daddy! Daddy! Hey, bud. I made a frowny face. Poor daddy has to stay alone in a hotel tonight for work. Silly daddy, you're not alone. Sammy said, giving me one of his big, toothy grins. There's a man standing right behind you. I froze. What did you say? There's a man behind you. I whipped around, but the hotel room was empty. All I saw was the bright lamp, the empty armchair, the comforter in a tangled lump. He's hiding now, he giggled. Sammy, what are you talking about? But he just laughed and smiled. You're being silly, Daddy. Put Mom back on. Guinea ran back into view, a large glob of spit-up on her t-shirt. Danny, I'm trying to feed Theo, she said. What's so important that Sammy said he saw someone standing behind me? Oh, dear. Guinea shook her head as she bounced Theo on her lap. Sorry, I forgot to tell you. He's been going on and on about some imaginary friend recently. I already asked Dr. Marks about it. He says it's totally normal, just a phase. My heart began to slow. He had me scared there for a second, I said, starting to laugh. Oh, I know. He scares me all the time with it. Talks to himself in his room, tells Theo about him. It's crazy, she snorted. Did you ever think our kids would be this weird? No, no, I didn't. All right, well, I should get back to it. I'll talk to you tomorrow? Of course. See you then. I shut my laptop with a click. Out the window, cars whizzed by, streaks of red and white against the blue of dusk. I looked around the empty room, at the beige carpet and the pulled curtains. It finally looked inviting, now that my heart was full. I got up and walked towards the bed. The comforter was crumpled in a heap, pushed to the corner of the bed and the sheets were wrinkled and pushed. What a mess, I thought, reaching out for the comforter. I froze. Wait a second. After I checked for bed bugs, I remade the bed. I took a step back, and that's when I noticed, sticking out, from the edge of the comforter, the shiny, black tip of someone's shoe. Thank you for joining me in this episode of the Nope Too Creepy Podcast. I want to wish a happy belated Father's Day to all the great fathers out there who are not secretly murdering innocent women or drowning themselves where their kids play. A pretty low bar if I do say so myself. If you're interested in learning more about any of the authors, links to connect with them can be found in the show notes. Until next time, 
This is your host, Dan David, reminding you all to stay safe out there. I'll be seeing you in the next episode. Nope.